The Colts take on the Cowboys Sunday night football this week, and the Colts are looking to play some better football as the calendar flips to December. I'm Matt Taylor with Casey Vallier, and joining us now to talk about Sunday night's game, he's going to be on the call for Westwood One. Former NFL defensive tackle and NFL analyst Mike Golick is with us. Mike, thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be on. Absolutely. Now, Mike, are you still based up in South Bend? Well, I'm there six months out of the year, and then once it turns bad weather, I come out here to Scottsdale. So I'm I'm done with snow. <laughs> Smart, you got it all figured out, man. I love it. But you're still an adopted Hoosier, so we love you, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, when yeah. you look at this, when you look at this Colts team getting ready for Colts and Cowboys in your preparation, uh, I guess just big picture for you, what stands out to you when you look at the Colts in terms of how they've underperformed this year, four seven and one. Uh, what are some things that have uh, kind of hit home for you looking at them three and a half games out of the playoffs at this point? Uh, I, I quite honestly have been somewhat stunned. I mean, I picked them to win the division. I think have, getting Matt Ryan over there I thought was going to help put them over the top. I've, I've been amazed um, at just how much they struggled. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people point to the O-line, which had been such a strong point for them. Uh, certainly, you know, 43 sacks given up this year. The running game hasn't been what it's been, though. Jonathan Taylor in the last, I think, the last three games has averaged over 20 carries a game. So it seems like they're getting back to that a little bit. I mean, that that's certainly one of the strong points. Um, I mean, as far as receiving him, it's really Pittman, right? I mean, isn't he like about 30 catches ahead of everybody else, I think, as far as receptions are concerned? So. It, it's been surprising, to say the least, especially on the offensive side, considering what happened last year um, for that for this team not making the playoffs and they lost at the end of the season. So I, I, like most others, have been very, very surprised. When you look at you, know, you talk about that surprised. You know, everybody was kind of in the same boat. You thought bringing Matt Ryan here would kind of sure up some things. What have you seen from Matt Ryan that maybe you weren't expecting to see at this point? Because I don't know. For, he, he's always looked like a guy who's, you know, future Hall of Famer. What have you seen this year that you weren't expecting to see? Oh, the turnovers. I mean, that that you, you expect a veteran to protect the ball. And I'm sure Matt's even even sick of the turnovers as well. I mean, uh, between the interceptions and the fumbles, that's just something that you can't do or that's something you expect out of, uh, out of a younger player. So I think that's been a surprising thing for him. Again, he's been sacked a lot. Uh, lost the ball obviously a few times doing that but that to me has been the biggest the biggest question mark as to why that's happening I'm sure something even he is wondering I mean because his completion percentage is still just a little bit under uh 70 percent right uh but 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions I mean that's just that is just a tough tough call uh right there so I'm I'm that that has to be the biggest surprise because no matter if football was played, you know, decades ago or now, turnovers are still something that's going to kill you. Now, one of the things you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, the last couple of games has kind of found his stride. How important is he to just kind of riding the ship here towards the end of the year? Well, it's huge because I don't think they have a monster passing game. You know, just what I was talking about before. I mean, that the ball gets spread out. You know, you have a 74 reception Pittman and a 46 reception Campbell. And then after that, you're looking in the 20s. You know, between your tight ends, you know, running back is not even here anymore. Um, you know, another wide receiver in Pierce. So it, it's been, it, it's not a team that can live on the passing game. I guess that's the way I would put it. It's a, it's a great, it should be a, a better complement 
to their running game, but the running game needs to be better. Now, the running game, again, like I said, in the last three games, it started to be a little bit better, but bottom line is you lost two of those games. You know, one was only by a point, I know, to Philadelphia. You know, and the other, I, I, I thought I thought Colts were going to beat Pittsburgh uh, on, on Monday night. I really did. Uh, but uh, So the running game has to pick back up to close to what it has been I think for the passing game to get better as well. That's Mike Golick with us, NFL analyst. He's going to be on the call on Sunday, Westwood 1 between Colts and Cowboys on Sunday night football. Mike, what was your initial reaction to the Jeff Saturday news? You've been around the NFL for a long time. You've seen a lot. How did you process that when it first came down, and, and what do you think of it now three weeks later? Well, I think like most people, I was I was pretty surprised. Right. I mean, because just because we haven't seen that happen before, you know, it's like it's like one of those things. It's like it's hard to see first anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really happen. You pretty much you've almost seen everything. But this this was a first. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised. Um, and and the, the thing that there were people that were negative against this, uh, the people that were getting on just Saturday for taking it, that I completely disagree with. You know, Jeff, had, I know it only coached high school, but he's a guy who, you know, was looking at, you know, was, was coaching and has had some coaching, so he wanted to coach. You know, guys who have no interest in coaching probably would have said no. I think a lot of more, more guys would have said yes. I don't put this on Jeff. Everybody said it's unfair to the other coaches, especially like Gus Bradley, who was a head coach, to go over, the, over their head. Well, that's on Ursay. That's not on Jeff. You know, Jeff was off of the job. Jeff wasn't picking who could have the job if he didn't have it. So that, that's on Jim Ursay saying, you know, this is who I want to write the ship. And, and I kind of, you know, looking, kind of sitting back, you always look at, like, mid-season changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened in Carolina with, with Rule getting let go and Wilkes takes over, who has experience, obviously, and he's trying to, ha- you know, play it, have his team play well enough to be the head coach going forward. I don't know what Jeff. I don't know what Jeff's wants and desires are. I don't know if he wants to be the coach. I don't know if no matter what happens, he's going to be the coach, or if they're just going to hire someone new and that new person can do whatever he wants with all the assistance. But from what I understand, uh, with Jeff, is he is basically he has not really rocked the boat there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's letting the assistants do their jobs. Now, if if the Gus, Gus Bradleys and others of the world feel slighted, I understand that. I don't blame them for that because. We know how it normally had worked in the NFL that one of those guys would get elevated to be the interim head coach. So I, I could see their nose getting out of joint a bit. Bottom line is, though, they're still there coaching, and they're going to coach to the best of their ability. No doubt. And Jeff is going to be there in really kind of a leadership role yeah, yeah. And to try and kind of set, set the ship right. That's Mike Golick with us, NFL analyst. He's going to be on the call on Sunday Night Football National Broadcast on Westwood One. Now, switching over to the Cowboys, Mike, they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now in terms of how they're playing. 28 points and at least 400 yards of offense in four straight games. Uh, they've won four of their last five, as you know, Mike. How impressed have you been with, with Dallas lately, especially since Dak Prescott came back into the lineup there at quarterback? Oh, I mean, listen, how can you not be impressed? I mean, what with what they've done, especially as of late. So, I mean, they're, they're sitting in a great spot now, um, obviously for the playoffs, but they'd love to challenge Philadelphia for the, uh, for the uh, division title. I was at the, the first game, you know, when, when Philly won in Philly. Uh, so it, it will be interesting to where this thing ends up um, for them. You know, it, for, for the, you know, it's so different than college as we're getting ready to, to, to get our final four in college. One loss can cost you so much. Uh-huh. 
in college football. In the NFL, that's not the case. You know, the best thing that you can do in the NFL if you're going to make the playoffs is be peaking at the right time, getting players back from injuring and playing your best ball toward the end of the year. And that's where the Cowboys are right now. And, oh, it certainly helps to have probably the defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons, who moves all over the place on that defense. So you, you can win when you have a great defense because they're going to keep you in every game. And then you have a running game with the two-headed monster of Zeke and Pollard, who you know, could be a home run every time he touches the ball. And then Dak and C.D. Lamb, you know, have been have been hooking up pretty well. So they're peaking at the right time. This is going to be this is going to be a very very difficult game game for the Colts. Now, one of the things you mentioned there with, with Micah Parsons, it might be recency bias because you know it's like he's doing this right now, but he's just in year two and he looks, I mean, leaps and bounds ahead of where typically guys are in year two. How good can this guy be? I mean, are we looking at a guy who could potentially be? in the category of Reggie White's in, the, in football lore? I'm always kind of hesitant to start to do that, you know, the Reggie White, because I've been asked a lot, is Aaron Donald in the same category of right. a Reggie White or a Lawrence Taylor? And listen, Aaron's got a lot more years under his belt than Micah does, and he's certainly trending that way. I mean, Micah Parsons is trending that way, but he's in year two. Right. I mean, you know, the guys we're talking about, you know, a Reggie and a Lawrence Taylor have had long careers. And they were great for long periods of time. So, you know, Micah Parsons is, is doing all he can do right now. He's only been in the league in the two, two years. Nothing he can do about that. He just continues to play great. But what, what, where you can put him in that category of those guys is you have to game plan for him. Whenever you have one individual where we say, okay, we need to know where he is every snap and we have to game plan for that, man, what a feather in your cap that is when you're when you can affect an offense enough where they have to game plan for you. Yeah. And he is easily in that category. His versatility is ridiculous. <laughs> now, one of the things I want to flip back to the offense real quick, we talked about how they've looked since Dak Prescott came back. But in the offseason, we saw Amari Cooper go away from Dallas. He's now in Cleveland. And the offense, it seems like CeeDee Lamb is kind of picking that up in stride, and the offense really hasn't missed a beat. How impressed are you by everybody else to kind of pick up that load from Amari Cooper leaving? Yeah, I, I have been impressed because I, I was scratching my head at that trade, quite honestly. Yeah, so uh, were we. Amari <laughs> gone. I, I really was. But again, it's a huge, you know, you could have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. I think, you know, because right now, you know, just like I talked with Colts offense, you have C.D. Lamb with, what, 64 receptions, and the next closest is your tight end in, in Schultz with 33. So, again, this is a one, kind of a one-person receiving crew uh, with how it's been going, you know, he has five touchdowns to go along with it. I get it, but he is—he has picked up the slack incredibly well. But I just keep thinking about what they would be if they had T.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Of how much better they would be. Now you get yourself in cap situations, which you have to deal with in the NFL, and so sometimes that's not always going to work out. But but C.D. Lamb has done a nice job in, in taking over that role, and he and Dak are getting pretty darn comfortable together. That's former NFLer Mike Golick, and NFL analyst on Westwood One on the call on Sunday in Dallas between Colts and Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Mike, final one from us, and, and this is interesting because you brought up the college football playoff a little bit earlier. That's going to be announced or unveiled, the Final Four, on, on Sunday. And so we were kind of having a, uh, an internal debate earlier this week here in the office, and I, I'd like to pose it to you because you've seen a lot of football this year around the NFL. So if the NFL had a, a college football playoff-type bracket where the four best teams make the field regardless of division or regardless of conference, 
Who would those four teams be right now in your eyes, in your opinion, the four best teams right now in the NFL? Wow. Wow. So I would have to put Philly I would Philly and Dallas, the way Dallas is playing mm-hmm. right now, I'd have to put them in there. Yep. And you can't leave the you can't leave the Chiefs out. Right. So um in no particular order, Philly, Dallas and Kansas City. And then probably to get the last one, you're looking between Miami, you're looking between Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. And a team that I'm probably going to go with who has one more loss with them, but I see I see the way they're playing right now and I think they're gonna really compete in an NFC, which could be strong with Philly and Dallas, and that's San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, the the weapons they have on offense are incredible and statistically the best defense in the NFL. So, And, again, a lot of that is based on how you're playing right now. Right. And as we head into the month of December, final stretch, as you know, this is where it it goes from one level to the next in uh, in the regular season here as we head towards the playoffs, Mike. I know you're loving life right now. Enjoy that weather in Arizona, Mike, and uh, continued success. And uh, we'll we'll track you down on Sunday in the, uh, the press box there in Dallas. Sounds good. I'll be there eating all the press boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Mike. Thanks so much for the time. All right. See you guys.